know if y'all saw it or not, but Chuck took his hair down on that one, son. He started rolling on it, son. That's what I love about this band, and I am glad that you're here this morning. I want you to know I am super pumped about today's message because I am preaching to myself. Everybody tells me, man, that message spoke to me or whatever. This one is for me, all right? So I'm personally working through this. Hopefully it helps you. So let me just start by saying welcome back, and I hope that you've had a great, great week, including a Valentine's Day. Everybody have a good Valentine's Day. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on. All right. I know there's mixed emotions already. When I say Valentine's Day, you're like, oh, it's not fun for everyone. I get it. All my single people. Where are my single people in here? Come on, y'all. Where are you at? Come on. Four or five of you, I hear you in the theaters. Here's what I want you to know right up front. Love is powerful, but it is not easy. Can I get an amen from everybody? Where are you at? Amen, all right? So being single today is definitely not easy. Isn't that right, Memo Powder? That's right. This video is for every single person out there struggling through this modern world of technology. Roll this video. Halfway through the Disney movie, this little girl, she's six years old. She comes running up to me in the kitchen. She goes, Taylor. What does being in love feel like? <laughs> and it's tough, you know, because like, how do you even begin to explain love to a child that young? How do you even begin to explain romance and courtship? You know, it's complicated. There's an app and you gotta download it and swipe. There's like a whole <laughs> resume you have to fill out, take a picture from up here, facetune it. That's another app, okay? But I didn't want to lie to her, and I wanted to relate it to something she would have understood, something that she would have experienced in her young life. So I thought about it, and I said, being in love is sort of like, okay, do you remember when you got lost at the grocery store? That was scary, right? But then do you remember how you felt when you finally found your mom? How safe and happy and relieved you were? And how you ran up to her, and you grabbed her leg? And then you looked up and it wasn't your mom? <laughs> That's kind of what it's like out here, yeah. <laughs> you think you know somebody, turns out it's just some stranger with your mom's knees. Trust no one, swipe left. Come on, y'all, come on, give her a little love, give her a little love. For all my single friends out there. Glad you weren't in here. Memo Powder just attacked me, all right? She's mad at me. But it's true. It's tough out there in the single world, but it's not easy on the married people either. Married people, where are you at? Come on, let me hear you. Come on. All right, trust me. I tell you, it's not easy being married. Just ask Angie. She's been doing it for about 26 years, and she's really struggling through that. Angie, thank you for loving me and getting through that. But also, for all those that are in the marriage world, this video is just for you. It's not easy out there. Take it away, Tom, Papa. I've been married now to the same woman for 22 years. Thank you. You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> no, she's great, of course. 22 years, she's the best. I love her to death. You know, I'm not gonna be up here attacking marriage. I'm not, I believe in marriage, I really do. I think it's a hard life to get through. If you can find someone else, you know, and partner up and get through it all, it's good. It can make your life a lot better. If you uh, find the right person, of course, and lower your expectations of what you're gonna get out of it, you'll be very happily married. And I don't mean to demean it when I say lower your expectations. I really don't. I think that's why people get divorced. I think they have too high of an expectation of what they're gonna get out of this one relationship. Eh, it's not that much. <laughs> 
Don't put so much pressure on it. And keep your eyes open when you're going into it in the first place. Don't be dumb about it. Gotta be smart, you know? I have a friend that's thinking about getting married. He's so dumb the way he's talking. He's a moron. He's been with the girl for five years, and these things he talks about, oh, she's nice, you know, her family's pretty cool, you know, she's smart, but I don't know if she's hot enough. I don't know, yeah, I'm talking about getting married. Is she hot enough? Are you high? <laughs> hot enough? You're talking about getting married for the rest of your life. You don't care about hot. You don't marry hot. You marry strong. You don't want a supermodel. You want someone who can pick up the other end of the couch. Come on, y'all. Y'all believe it. Obviously, having a little fun this morning, man, because we're coming out of Valentine's Day. For all my single people, for all my married people, I want you to know I understand. I get it. And staying in love or finding love, it is not easy in this modern world. But that's why you're here, and that's why you're tuning in and watching today. We're here to learn some stuff, all right? And where are we going today? Well, this one is very simple. I'm going to start with a very simple verse, but I'd like to also remind you. When I say it's a simple verse, remember this saying from early in the Simple Church days, simple ain't easy. Can I get an amen out there? So although this concept that I'm about to show you in in scripture is very simple, I promise you it is not easy. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, here it is, love is patient. Now I told you I was speaking to myself today because if you ask Angie or my kids or co-workers or friends, sometimes I am not the most patient person out there. So I want to ask you, how patient are you? Now, don't look around. Don't, you know, elbow your partner there. You just keep looking you know, forward. Keep focusing. Because it's not just in marriage and dating. It is in all relationships that I want to talk about patience. When you talk about the power of love and you talk about being patient, it is not easy. Whether that's your kids, your work environment, or even strangers. Now, I saw this on TikTok, and I went ahead and edited it down for you, and I wanted to illustrate how difficult it is to be patient at times. And when you are, it's pretty powerful. And this example is one that was surprising to me because I didn't know which way the video was going to go. But more than likely, it could happen to you today, this week. And I'd be just curious to ask, how would you respond? Watch. So, I'll just wait. I'm just going to patiently wait for this person to come out. And everyone who keeps walking by is like, holy crap. I'm like, yep, waiting for him. Come on, buddy. Can you please go to your car? And I said it over again. Thank you. Three times. Um, this you? That's me. Holy. <laughs> parking lot, and I completely did the unthinkable the thing that I get mad at every human being for doing. This poor woman patiently waited here to very nicely tell me that I was an idiot. <laughs> And I am an idiot. I was ready to curse you out, <laughs> and honestly. you should curse me out. Yeah. This, but I was like, take a picture of how, what you did. Look how I parked. It's me. Take a picture. Yeah, I was. Well, I'm and glad I you came I apologize to you. It's okay. Right. It's not okay. Listen, he turned out to not be a horrible human being. Just a blind one who doesn't know how to park. You don't know what people are going through. So, it worked out. Come on, y'all. Come on, right? Have you been there? 
Have you been there before? You know, you go on the parking lot, you're living life, and all of a sudden something tests your patience. Well, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, as a pastor, what would I do? That's what I was going through in my mind. I know that I'm not the only one who would say this. It's a struggle. It's not easy when you get out there. But when I tell you that love is patient and love is powerful, there's also a reminder in John 13 that says, by our love is how they're going to know, the world's going to know that you are a follower of Jesus, a disciple, because it's the way that you treat each other. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is a challenge, it's one thing when you have a do-good day or some little motivation to go out there and love like Jesus, and everybody can do it for that one moment, and you're handing out donuts, good morning, thank you, or you're helping the hospital or the kids, but it's the day in and day out becoming like Jesus that I want to talk to you about. See, when I am up here in the lights or on the screen, and everybody's like, oh, he's the preacher. Here's what I am telling you. Led music for a long time. I led worship across the country. You had a lot of experience doing all that. When the lights are on or you're on the screen, it's easier to try to do the right thing. But I want to remind everybody, it is not what we preach as a church. It is not what we sing as a church. It is not how well we can argue a point or get mad and prove our point. It is not how we protest. <laughs> so many times, man, we see people holding signs and saying one thing or another. It's none of these things that define who we are as Christians. It is literally, according to Scripture, not me, it's about how we love. Now, the reason I bring this up is this past week it happened again. All the Christians got in a big uproar, and everybody was really mad, and they began to go to social media and say what they feel and what they think, and I'm telling you this is wrong, and you need to be this. And honestly, if you were an outsider, if you were from the world, you'd go, man, these are some pretty angry people, <laughs> not very patient. And you go, what were they so mad about? Well, it was a Super Bowl commercial. Did you see it? Well, if you didn't, I want to go ahead and play it for you because I want you to know why all of them were so, so mad. It was because of this simple one-minute commercial. Roll it. Don't ask me what you know is true. Thank you, thank you. And this is the thing. What really trips me out is we were at the house, we were at McDaniels, a bunch of us over there watching the Super Bowl, and everybody's like, that's cool, man, they got a commercial out there. Well, I had no idea that when I would later look at social media that everybody would be so mad. There were Christians ranting, there were posts coming out there, and they are going, man, I don't know about all this. And honestly, as I said before, there was a lot of hate directed towards even more Christians. So I'm thinking, no, wait a second. So I'm Knew kind of where I was going this week, but I'm, we'll put it on the screen for you. When you look at us as believers, as followers of Jesus, what are we known for? Are we known for love? Or are we known for 
anger. That we're so mad about everything and we come across as angry and mad in the way that we preach, and the way that we express our opinions. I'm like, is this Christ-like? So then I'll go and I start examining the scriptures. And I know that already, even when I preach this, there'll be someone that'll post on us and be mad that I'm preaching on this. But hopefully just listen through the whole thing. Because as I said at the very beginning, I'm really speaking to myself. I'm not great at this. James tells us like this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It was almost as if when the commercial finished, boom, we're hitting them. And I'm like going, aren't we all on the same team? Although we may disagree on some things, but why are we so angry? And I start looking at so many different things in life, for example... There are two different types of people when it comes to anger. I'll put the first person on the screen for you. That's called the turtle. And you go, what is that? That's the person that they're angry, but they don't want to express that, so they stick their head in the shell and just stew on it. They get really, really mad. And then they just wait, and it just gets more bitter and more bitter and more angry, and they're just waiting, but they're retracting and the head in the shell. The second group is more like me. That would be this guy right here. He's the skunk. And they spew their anger everywhere. They stink up the entire place. When you know that they're angry, everybody knows they're angry. Because just like a skunk, it even kind of changes the atmosphere. It's like, oh, man, this is not going well. And for the record, neither response is a good response. Because this idea of just stuffing it, not good. This idea of spewing it, not good. So we're going to talk about what's right but let's continue to look at Scripture and try to see if we can learn the power of love, how to be different. Look at this, Proverbs 22. Don't hang out with angry people. So if the Christians come across as angry, we're not supposed to be hanging out with them. Don't keep company with hotheads. A bad temper is contagious. And that's where I started thinking. I was like, man, I think this is our problem. Don't get infected. <laughs> Maybe that is our problem as Christians, as like the church, as followers of Jesus, is that we're all infected. Somehow we made it okay to be angry. We made it okay to pop off. We made it okay to express our opinions in some pretty rough ways. We made it okay to attack each other if we don't agree with it. Because now everybody has an opinion. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a social media. And man, everybody is bringing it. Because you feel as if, as if it's our responsibility to correct everyone. I'm like, man, this is kind of a tough world we're living in. And I thought, according to Scripture, not me, we're supposed to be known for love, not our ability to argue or win over someone by convincing them they're wrong. So I started thinking, like, well, maybe we need an antibiotic. <laughs> and maybe we need to figure out what this antibiotic is to get us out of this infection that we have called anger. And you go, what is the antibiotic, Justin? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. Love, if you love people, if you care about people, if you're following example of Christ, it is not easily angered. And this is where I look at myself and I go, man, I got a long way to go. Man, I got a long way to go because why do I get so mad about something that doesn't matter? I brought in a lot of the staff we were talking about in the office this week and just kind of walking through things. We are all talking how easy it is in our culture to justify it. Even if you 
know you shouldn't be angry, but you kind of like somebody. You're like, man, it's okay. Man, I know you're not a bad guy. I mean, you can be mad about that. That's just right. When the truth is, is Scripture's not telling us that. It's saying, hey, listen, do not be easily angered. 1 Peter 4, 8, here's another one for you. More than anything, you understand that more than winning the argument, more than proving your point, more than anything, keep loving each other actively. It is not just saying you love. It is by the way you treat people. It's like the cars in the parking lot. I want to be angry about that. I edited the video of that first little video of the parking lot out because she said, I was fixing to whip some tail. That's what she said. And then he came out, and she was like, man, I had to kind of change my attitude. Now, this is the world speaking. That was somebody, she's just in the world. But then I started thinking about the church. How many times do we respond as Christians? Like, I don't know if this is right. See, we're supposed to more than anything else continue to actively love. Put that scripture back on the screen for me if you don't mind. Why? Because it covers a lot of sin. Now, I don't know about you. But I personally mess up a lot. Can anybody else agree? Anybody? Okay. And then ironically, instead of us realizing that we mess up, it's like we're wanting everyone else to be perfect. And if they mess up at all, we're mad about it. So I was telling uh, Angie when I got home, I was like, this message is really tough on me because sometimes we can come across in the right direction. We can come across and kind of put it out there that we're better than we are. Uh, We were at the Super Bowl party, and right at the end of the party, a young lady driven off into our ditch she made a mistake had a little bit of an accident and all the way home I'm a little angry about it but for no reason everybody makes mistakes there's no reason to be angry so I get out and actually handle myself well Donnie gives me a strap and we pull the young girl out trip thank you fire department one of my buddies at fire department actually helped us he actually was there so we got her out of there and she went on about business and I didn't come across angry at all in public I was like oh it's okay but in my heart I was aggravated and God spoke to me, really, in that moment. I was walking in, everybody's like, oh, thank you, Daddy, you helped me. But then God was like, but I saw your heart, Justin. <laughs> you can play a good game as Christians. You, you can act right when you're at church or if it's a do-good day or you're the pastor and you're supposed to be being right. But here's the truth. I'm looking in your heart. And all of a sudden, if it stays in your heart long enough, eventually you begin to pop off in anger. You begin to kind of respond in anger. And I can do it to my wife, who I love very much. I can do it to my kids, who I love very much. And I'm like, man, I just don't want to be that guy. And I asked Angie, I was like, I pray for me that the Holy Spirit would fill me. And I'm praying for all of us that the Holy Spirit would fill us so that when we go out into the world, that they would go, there's something different about them. And I'm not talking about just when the lights are on, when the screens on. I'm talking about in every aspect that we would be so full of love that people would know that you're with Jesus. And then the simple church would be known so much, not for arguing or music or preaching or whatever, but because we're so full of love. And you go, why is that such a big deal, Joshua? Well, Scripture says it is, but here's another one. Because our society is full of anger. It is everywhere. Movies, TV, songs, social media, and even the church. Now, when I play this next video, I told Angie I was going to play it. She's like, I'm really nervous about you playing this. I'm like, oh. I'm like, Angie, I want to play it for everybody because the only way you can really see how repulsive it is and how ugly it is and why Jesus does not want us to be full of anger 
is when you see it and you go, man, that ain't cool. And I decided to go ahead and edit this down. It's a little bit of a clip for you, but this just proves how jacked up our world is that even the church is full of anger. You need proof? It's ugly, but watch. Son, don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. Now, you might do your English teacher that way, but I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah, you better, th- you better nod your head yes. All right, come on, put it right there. All right, you stay awake and you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. And where have you been, Mr. Underwood? And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? You're one of the sorriest church members I have. You're not worth 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell you all everybody here how much I love these kids. Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. All right, give me a little love. Mm-hmm. I'm a real deal. Hey, sit down. Sit down. What are you, what are you coming up here to do? You want to, you want to come take over the service? No, no, no. Come? no service. What, what do you want? What? I just want a prayer right Get out of here. No, no, you can't. No. You're breaking the law you, you by now by stopping this Get him out of here. You understand? Drag this bozo out. This isn't a karaoke bar, okay? I'm the man of God here. I meet the qualifications. I run this church, and if you don't like it, then get out. Uh, um, We've come to know love. uh, God is love. make it up they're preaching on love and even the same message they can't control their anger and all of them would say well this is God's house this is why you got to be mad this is why you got to stand up and do what's right and I'm like going is it that's how Jesus would respond this is where I always go back to like on me I'm like man it's embarrassing when I lose my temper it's embarrassing when I respond in a way that doesn't honor God. And all I can say, and I want you to pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you, is we do not want to be known for that. Above everything else, be known for love, not your response and hate and meanness and frustration. See, we, all of us, we have to break the pattern of anger. So if this message is speaking to you already because you're the angry person in your house, I get it. This is why it's a big deal. That's why I told you at the very beginning, I'm speaking to me. Angie's not known for being angry, I promise you. She's sweet, Angie. I'm grouchy daddy, you know what I'm saying? I'm the one that doesn't come across right, and I'm the pastor. So I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to be that. I need you to change me. And you go, well, why would you be so concerned about it? Well, because if you look at Scripture, 
There's a lot of reason to be concerned. Proverbs 29, a fool gives full vent to anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. Proverbs 25, if you cannot control your anger, you're as helpless as a city without walls. You are open to attack. I don't want you to be open to attack. I don't want to be open to attack. And I want all of us to not kind of sugarcoat it. Like when you talk about love, you're like, love's weak. Some men just got to stand up. You got to be strong. You got to. I'm like, man, then you don't really know Jesus. You're not reading scripture. If you're you're trying to tell me that. Because when you see over and over and over this theme of love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not get angered easily. I know what some of you are saying because I grew up in the church, y'all. That some of that stuff, there was trauma for me too. I grew up in that kind of church. That first guy would walk out there and call everybody out. Somebody, that's right, that's church. I pray in the name of Jesus that it would never be what we're known for. I hope that if you ever see me lose my mind, somebody tackle me. You know what I'm saying? Drag me off, all right? Because if that's what Jesus is about, then somehow we missed it. And I know somebody... Jesus was angry, Justin, because there's always a Christian somewhere out there. Jesus is angry. True. But if you're angry about what Jesus was angry about, go for it. But just be honest. Jesus wasn't mad at the Walmart checker because they were going too slow. Jesus wasn't mad at airline drive traffic. Can I get an amen? Jesus wasn't mad at your kid because they didn't load the dishwasher right. Jesus wasn't mad at your coworker because they didn't turn in their assignment on time. See, this is what happens. We get real. Jesus, if we're supposed to be him in the world, you're talking about the power of love? This is why this message matters. I'm telling you, we got a long way to go. I got a long way to go. So what do I do when I'm angry? I got to hurry. Good question. Ephesians answers it, and here it is. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Remember that scripture. You know what you're supposed to do? Back off and cool down. If you feel like it's rising up in you, say, man, I need to take a break. Love is patient. Love is patient. Don't let it grab a hold of you. That devil getting a foothold, don't let it grab a hold of you. Be patient. Pull back. It does not easily get angered. Proverbs 14, slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. That's some good stuff right there. This is the whole thing. Don't be stupid. Slow down and back off. And then here's the other thing. Talk about what's angering you before the end of the day. Some people say, well, I just need to sleep on and I'll get back to you tomorrow. According to Scripture, it's not a good idea. Why? Because sometimes it's just like that turtle. It builds up in you and you never can get it out. Talk about it before the sun goes down. Say, look, I'm sorry. I was mad about this and I just need to get this off my chest. And I'm asking to forgiveness where I need to ask for forgiveness and understanding where I need understanding. Philippians 4 says it like this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. God, as I pull away, help me to understand it. Tell me, God, what's going on. Tell God, God, I need understanding. I need clarity. And then I'm thankful, Jesus, for all the grace you've given me. I'm thankful for all that you've done. And then when we get all that going, we can experience peace. Love is not easily angered. Love is patient. And I decided to give you one more example because in the real world, It helps when you see. You've seen some bad examples. Now let's go to the world, ironically, and a Christian living it out and showing you what a good example of love is patient, what it looks like. Watch. 
It's okay. Here at the God Body Gym in Memphis, owner Roderick Duncan says real change never happens overnight. Ten. But he says it always starts in an instant. Seven. Or in this case, an instant cup of coffee. Two. Time. A few months ago, Roderick says he noticed someone behind his gym. Saw this guy sitting in the vehicle. He says the man was sleeping in one of his old cars. Homeless? Homeless guy had to be. So, camera rolling, he opened the door and told him to get out. Come on, get up out my car, man. And because the door doesn't lock, the next day, same problem. Look at you, man. And he kept coming back. He kept coming back. And so it went, until Roderick tried a different approach. Before I could knock on the window, I said, you know what? I came back in here, I made him a cup of coffee. And on those grounds, Roderick began to build a relationship with 24-year-old Brian Taylor. He learned about his troubled childhood and his drinking problem, and then got him some clothes, took him to get an ID, and drove him to job interviews. He even gave him a spot on his couch. Brian says he couldn't be more grateful, but he doesn't always show it, whether not following the rules or violating a trust. Roderick says there have been many times over the past few months where he's told Brian, that's it. That's the last straw. And every time, it's not. Some people need more than one chance. You know, some people, it takes a, it takes a while for most kids to stop bumping their head. You always have to work on you. And that patience may be the greatest gift he's given this young man. Everything you did yesterday is what got you in the situation today. So everything you do today is going to be preparing you for tomorrow. And both men agree, tomorrow is looking brighter. I got a job, I got more confidence, I got a smile on my face. Good thing, because Roderick says if Brian messes up one more time, he's done helping. That's it. Why do I not believe that? Well, I don't believe it either. <laughs> <laughs> Unconditional love. It's crazy. <laughs> forgiveness to a fault. Come on, y'all, how cool is that? That's a great example. A great example, and this is my prayer for all of us. Would you pray with me? God, I want to be more like that. I want to be more like you. And Lord, you love us, and you're so patient with us. Lord, your kindness is what draws us to repentance, and I'm asking you, Father, to help me model you when I go out into the world, when I'm with my family, when I'm leading a church. Whatever we're doing, Jesus, we want you to be the focus, not us. And Lord, forgive us. There's many of us in here, sinners, many watching online, we mess this up and we're just asking you for forgiveness. We ask you, Lord, to come into our lives, fill us with the Holy Spirit, fill us and change us to help us to be like you. Not what the world says is you, not what other Christians say is you, but what the scripture defines as who you are. You are patient. You're full of love. Lord, you are not easily angered. Lord, you love us in an unbelievable, amazing way and we thank you. Lord, if somebody doesn't know you, I ask they'd say, Jesus, come into my life and change me. Come into my life. Let me start following you today. Help me to be different. And I thank you, Jesus, that you hear me and you hear them. And I can't wait to see what you do in their life over the next few months, next few years. Lord, we will celebrate that together. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen out there? Come on, y'all.